0: Chapter 14, Part 2 of the Rock of Chickamauga. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Rock of Chickamauga by Joseph A. Altscheller. Chapter 14: The Rock of Chickamauga Part Two. The vast Southern Front rushed from the wood and the gray horsemen of forest, careless of death, swept down. It was a terrifying sight, that army coming on amid the thunder and lightning of battle. Tens of thousands of rifle muzzles, tens of thousands of fierce brown faces showing through the smoke, and the tremendous battle yell of the South swelling over everything. Dick felt a quiver, and then his body stiffened as if it were about to receive a physical shock the whole regiment fired as one man and a gap appeared in the charging southern column hertford and his horse charged upon the hostile cavalry and all the brigades of thomas met the southern attack with a fire so heavy and deadly that the army of bragg reeled back then ensued the most tremendous scene through which dick had yet passed the southern army came again bragg breckinridge buckner longstreet hill and the others urged on the attacks they had been victors everywhere else and they knew that they must drive back thomas or the triumph would not be complete they struck and spared not least of all their own men they poured them kentuckians tennesseans georgians mississippians and all the rest upon thomas without regard to life kentuckians on the opposing sides met once again face to face dick did not know it then but a regiment drawn from neighboring counties charged the Winchesters thrice and left their dead almost at his feet. He had little time to notice or measure anything amid the awful din and the continued shock of battle in which thousands of men were falling. The clouds of smoke enveloped them at times, and at other times floated away. New clumps of pine set on fire by the shells burned brightly like torches, lighting the way to death. Smoke. Thick with the odors of burned gunpowder clogged eyes nose and throat dick and the lads around him gasped for breath But they fired so fast into the dense southern masses that their rifle barrels grew hot to the touch The South was making a supreme effort her Western sons were performing prodigies of valor and Longstreet and the Virginians were fighting with all the courage that had distinguished them in the East but however violent the charge and however tremendous the fire of cannon and rifles the rock of chickamauga merely sank deeper in the soil and nothing could drive him from his base the union dead heaped up regiments were shattered by the southern fire but thomas calm and inspiring courage as on the day before passed here and there strengthening the weak points and sending many great guns to the crest of missionary ridge whence they swept the front of the enemy with a devastating fire the hail of death from the heights enabled the infantry and cavalry below to gather breath and strength for the new attacks of the enemy they knew too that their cannon were now giving them more help than before and defiant cheers swept along the line in answer to the mighty battle cry of the south the rock of chickamauga had not moved a foot dick caught gleams of the sun through the smoky canopy But he did not know how far the day had advanced he seemed to have been in battle many hours But in such moments one had little knowledge of time He was aware that the battle had been lost in the center and on the right, but he had sublime faith in Thomas The left would stand and while it stood the south could win but a barren triumph The peril was imminent and deadly a strong southern force having cut through another portion of the line was endeavoring to take Thomas on the flank Rosecrans seeing the danger and almost in despair sent Thomas orders which his stern lieutenant Fortunately could not obey the rock did not move Bragg an able leader increased the attack upon Thomas his generals gathered around him and seconded his efforts Their view was better than that of the Union commanders and they knew it was vital to them to move the rock from their path Brigades already victorious in other parts of the field came up And were hurled shouting their triumphant battle cry against Thomas only to be hurled back again The resolution of the defenders increased with their success a sort of fever seized upon them all Death had become a little thing or it was forgotten the blood in their veins was fire and Transported out of themselves they rained shells and bullets upon men whom in their calm moments They did not hate at all Dick's regiment had suffered with the rest but pennington and warner and the colonel were alive and he caught a few glimpses of hertford with his gallant horsemen beating back every attack upon their flank but nothing stood out with sharp precision the whole was a huge turmoil of fire smoke confusion and death the weight upon them seemed at last to become overwhelming in spite of courage the most heroic and dreadful losses the right of thomas was driven back his centre was compelled to wheel about But his left where the winchester regiment stood with others held on Thomas himself was there among them still cool and impassive in face of threatened ruin About 20,000 men were around Thomas and they alone stood between the Union Army and destruction At all other points it had been not only defeated but routed vast masses of fugitives were fleeing toward Chattanooga Rosecrans himself withdrew, and now, wholly in despair, telegraphed at four o'clock in the afternoon to Washington, "My army has been whipped and routed." But Thomas was neither routed nor whipped. Many of the brave generals elsewhere refused to flee with the troops, but gathering as many soldiers as possible, joined Thomas. Among them was young Sheridan, destined to so great a fame, who brought almost all his own division and stood beside the Rock of Chickamauga, refusing to yield any further to the terrible pressure. The line of Thomas's army was now almost a semicircle. Polk was leading violent attacks upon his left and center. Longstreet, used to victory, was upon his right and behind him, and the veterans from the Army of Northern Virginia had never fought better. Dick saw the enemy all around him and he began to lose hope how could they stand against such numbers and if they tried to retreat there was longstreet to cut off the way he bumped against sergeant whitley in the smoke and gasped out we're done for sergeant we're done for no we're not shouted the sergeant firing into the advancing mass we'll beat em back they can't run over us the sergeant usually so cool was a little mad he was wounded in the head and the blood had run down over his face dying at scarlet his brain was hot as with fire and he hurled epithets at the enemy his life on the plains came back to him and for the time he was like a hurt sioux chief who defies his foes he called them names he dared them to come on he mocked them he told them how they had attacked in vain all day long he counted the number of their repulses and then exaggerated them he reminded them it was yet a long time until dark and asked them why they hesitated why they did not come forward and meet the death that was ready for them dick gazed at him in astonishment he heard many of his words through the roar of the guns and he saw his ensanguined face through which his eyes burned like two red-hot coals was this the quiet and kindly sergeant whitley whom he had known so long no it was a raging tiger still waters run deep and enveloped at last with the fury of battle the sergeant welcomed wounds death or anything else it might bring he shouted and fired his rifle again and then he fell like a log dick rushed to him at once but he saw that he had only fainted from loss of blood he bound up the sergeant's head as best he could and easing him against the bank returned to the battle front a shout suddenly arose Officers had seen through their glasses a column of dust rising far behind them It was so vast that it could only be made by a great body of marching troops But who were the men that were making it in all the frightful din and excitement of the battle? The question ran through the army of Thomas if fresh enemies were coming upon their rear they were lost if friends There was yet hope but they could not watch the tower of dust long the enemy in front gave them no chance Polk was still beating upon them and Longstreet having seized a ridge was pouring an increased fire from his advanced position If that cloud of dust encloses gray uniforms, we're lost shouted Warner in dick's ear But it mustn't enclose them dick shouted back fate wouldn't play us such an awful trick We can't lose after having done and suffered so much fate would not say which they could not send men to see, but as they fought they watched the cloud coming nearer and nearer, and Dick, whose lips had been moving for some time, realized suddenly that he was praying. "O oh God, save us! save us!" he was saying over and over. "Send the help to us who need it so sorely. Make us strong, O oh God, to meet our enemies!" He and all his comrades wore masks of dust and burned gunpowder, often stained with scarlet. Their clothing was torn by bullets and reddened by dripping wounds when they shouted to one another their voices came strained and husky from painful throats half the time they were blinded by the smoke and blaze of the firing the crash did not seem so loud to them now because they were partly deafened for the time by a cannonade of such violence and length dick looked back once more at the great cloud of dust which was now much nearer But there was nothing yet to indicate what it bore within the bayonets of the north or those of the south His anxiety became almost intolerable Thomas himself stood at that moment entirely alone in a clump of trees on the elevation called Horseshoe Ridge watching the battle seeing the enemy in overpowering numbers on both his flanks and even in his rear Apparently everything was lost Taciturn, he never described his feelings then, but in his soul he must have admired the magnificent courage with which his troops stood around him and repelled the desperate assaults of a foe resolved to win. Although his face grew grimmer and his teeth set hard, he too must have watched the approaching cloud of dust with the most terrible anxiety. If it bore enemies in its bosom, then in very truth everything would be lost. Down a road some miles from the battlefield, a force of eight thousand men had been left as a reserve for one of the armies. They had long heard the terrific cannonade, which was sending shattering echoes through the mountains, and both their chief and his second in command were eager to rush to the titanic combat. They could not obtain orders from their commander, but at last they marched swiftly to the field, all the eight thousand on fire with zeal to do their part. It was the eight thousand who were making the great cloud of dust and as they came nearer and nearer the suspense of Thomas's shattered brigades grew more terrible Dick reckless of shell and bullets tried to pierce the cloud with his eyes He caught a glimpse of a flag and uttered a wild shout of joy It was the stars and stripes the eight thousand were eight thousand of the north he danced up and down on the stump and shouted at the top of his voice they're our own men help is here help is here a vast shout of relief rose from thomas's army as the eight thousand still coming swiftly joined them granger was their leader but steedman his lieutenant galloped at once to thomas who still stood in the clump of trees and asked him what he wanted him to do the general calm and taciturn as ever Pointed toward a long hill that flamed with the enemy's guns and said three words take that Ridge Steedman galloped back and the eight thousand charged at once the battle in front sank a little as if the others wished to watch the new Combat dick had been dragged down from the stump by Warner But the two stood erect with Pennington their eyes turned toward the ridge Colonel Winchester was near them his attention fixed upon the same place the eight thousand firing their rifles and supported by artillery charged at a great pace the whole ridge blazed with fire and the dead and wounded went down in sheaves but dick could not see that they faltered hoarse shouts came again from his dry and blackened lips they will take it they will take it look how they face the guns he was crying so they will said warner see what a splendid charge now they're hidden what a column of smoke it floats aside and look our men are still going on nothing can stop them they must have lost thousands but they reach the slope and as sure as there's a sun in the heavens they're going up it that tremendous cheer burst again from the beleaguered union army granger and steedman with their fresh troops were rushing up the slopes of the formidable ridge and though three thousand of the eight thousand fell they took it hurling back the advancing columns of the south and securing the rear of Thomas Then the Winchester men and others about them went wild with joy They leaped they danced they sang until they were commanded to make ready for a new attack Rosecrans in Chattanooga with the most of his army there also in wild confusion Had sent word to Thomas to retire to which Thomas had replied tersely It will ruin the army to withdraw it now this position must be held till night and he made good his resolve the southern masses attacked once more with frightful violence and once more thomas withstood them the field was now darkening in the twilight and having saved the union army from rout and wreck thomas impervious to attack fell back slowly to chattanooga the greatest battle of the west one of the most desperate ever fought came to a close thirty five thousand men killed or wounded had fallen upon the field the south had won a great but barren victory she had not been able to reap the fruits of so much skill and courage because thomas and his men like the spartans at thermopylae had stood in the way never had a man more thoroughly earned the title of honor that he bore throughout the rest of his life the rock of chickamauga chickamauga though was a sinister word to the north Gettysburg and Vicksburg had stemmed the high tide of the Confederacy, and many had thought the end in sight; but the news from the river of death told them that the road to crowning success was still long and terrible. chapter fourteen. Part two.